Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast show. So today we are covering everyone's favorite. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> um, are you afraid of the dark? The 90s classic season two, episode 10, titled The Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle. I've never seen this one. And I don't know if any of you have. It's not talked about a lot, but I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> and I, being jumpy, I am joined by... Rip, the other host. The co-host, mm-hmm. if you will. So, let's go into it. Were we right about our predictions? That is a good question, because if you are listening to we? us for the first time, what we like to do is... Take the title of the pre of the next episode, um, and make a prediction. Last episode, yeah. Jumpy and I were on the same page. We predicted the same thing. Um, what uh, Jumpy is undefeated. I'm have the worst losing streak, <laughs> but Jumpy predicted something that I also predicted. So cool. So, by default, we, <laughs> I get a point. There's no, there's no way to lose if you say the same answer. So, uh, they, the, our, uh, and we take the title, and we predict who's going to say the story and what it's going to be about. So, mm-hmm. who do we predict was going to say this story? David. David. That The tale of the shiny red bicycle felt like it was a David story. And mm-hmm. our prediction was that if... That it was going to be about somebody who finds a red bicycle and unfortunately it comes with a with a heavy price, which is a ghost mm-hmm. is haunting it and they have dreams and all that stuff. Oh my, I hope so. Maybe something similar to like the the frozen ghost where they find an item and or like the red bicycle leads to the corpse of a dead child or whatever. It's all you're afraid mm. of the dark. They don't. They're not afraid. To, I don't know to about that there, anymore. <laughs> to go there, they're nuts. Um, so we were half right. Which half? Yeah, we'll tell you. We were right about the most important part. So let's get into. This. So we pull in at the campfire of the Midnight Society, mm-hmm. and we see four members huddled together for warmth around the fire and they are waiting on people who are late of course naturally gary's there he's never late betty ann is there kiki and frank and they're chilling waiting for christine and david who are doing who knows what but they're late and they're arriving together because they're a couple and the show remembered that (laughs) so they um they're there I really thought, well, I was joking last time that I thought that Gary was going to be pissed. But Gary is not pissed. He is calm. He has a caring look in his eyes. And as Christine and David show up, God knows how late, Gary's like, it's okay. It's fine. I know you had a hard time getting here because I heard your bike got stolen, David. Aww. I know. What a terrible, terrible thing. Your bike getting stolen. Horrible. Everyone's really sad and angry about it. You know, sadder than they were during that one episode 
when Eric was talking about how his grandfather passed away. They were even sadder than that. So everyone's real remorse, like remorseful or whatever. They're, they're very upset. And it's kind of a bummer vibe. And David's like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm really mad about what happened. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. Christine was like, it's not a total loss because he came up with a really good story about it. And David's like, yeah. So before he tells his story, he's just talking about how important a bike is to 12-year-olds <laughs> and how... Once you find the right bike, it's like yours. Even if somebody takes it, it's still your bike. It's like a part of your body. Yeah. And Gary really vibes with that. And I guess it just resonates with that age group. I don't, I didn't really do much biking. Did you do a lot of biking when yes. you were a kid? Yes, I did. You did? Yeah. There you go. Getting your bike stolen was a big, big deal. And big I've, deal. I've heard stories about friends of mine who just got their bike stolen. <laughs> just straight up like, hey, give me your bike. There's nothing they can do about it because they were young, you know. Mm. It sucks. The, it, this doesn't sound like that's what happened to David. It sounds like that he just had it at his house one day, feeling and super protected, and somebody just took it. Mm -hmm. I mean, how how do you feel like riding a stolen bike? I wonder. <laughs> we like I don't know. How do you feel good about it? You, you, I, don't you feel, like, I don't know. I've never stolen a bike. I would imagine. That. I thought I could catch you. <laughs> That's right. I stole all of Jumpy's bicycles. I knew it. That's why I never rode bike. <laughs> Not because I was an indoor kid who never went outside. Um, I don't know. It's just like, oh, I want what he has. And then you take it. And then it's like, look, I have what he has. This is awesome. Sorry. I had. I have what he had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So David goes on to explain his story. Because his his story is about a kid whose bike meant so much to him. And, wow, look at that. That he, <laughs> that he took it to his grave. Yeah, took it everywhere he went, even his own grave. And Kiki, mid bite on a roasted marshmallow, was like, oh, shit. And Frank, mm. Frank was like, oh, yeah, I agree, Kiki. Noticeably absent was Betty Ann's opinion. They didn't put her face because it was too obscene to be seen, but she was excited. She was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy story about the grave. Ooh. I'm in. Submitted for the approval for the Midnight Society, David calls this a story, the tale of the shiny red bicycle. And we begin. And we begin with, with the biggest <laughs> uh, pull the rug from under you opening. I have ever tale of the shiny red bicycle. It's gonna be a fun, <laughs> happy go lucky tale. It's not it's not that. So we, we get we got two boys. Ricky Haggerty and Mike Buckley. Love I love the names though. Yeah. They're, Ricky and Mikey. They're they're riding their bicycles, of course, and they're racing each other. Mike mm -hmm. has his noticeably normal bike ricky wouldn't you know it as a shiny red bicycle and they're oh, just yeah. racing each other um on a straight line i used to love doing that as a kid just like but we take a long road and just freaking pedal as fast as we can to see who can get to the other side without eating it or <laughs> or losing right 
Sounds exhausting. But go on. <laughs> um, but wherever they live, they live, uh, has waterfall, a waterfall dam. And they're riding their bike close to the bridge near the waterfall dam. Um, and as they're doing this, some dude who works for the city, I guess, or the the, the area, the county, he uh, his job is to open the floodgates to let more water flow into the river. So we see this. He opens up the, um, like, he turns the gears to get everything going. The, the, the gates open up, and we just see, like, a river, which, like, it's like a normal river, just, like, water flowing, but not a lot. But once he opens up the gates, of course, all the water goes through, and it gets, you know, you hold back water for that long, it's just going to go, you know, just whooshing out. Yeah. And that's exactly this what it does. This man has a job that I have to assume is automated <laughs> in the future. Like, I mean, the present. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I mean, in the future of this timeline that we're talking about, but, like, right now. That has to be an automated thing. You can't hire a man to turn a knob every once a day. I don't know. Like, how are you going to do that? I'm sure he has Not, the more 90s were cra- <laughs> I'm sure he does 90s were crazy that. time. That's all he does. He sits there all day and waits till 6 o'clock. That's a good retirement job, right? Just He makes 100K every year. <laughs> With benefits. Mm-hmm. So, so they're at the bridge. That's that was their goal. Their 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 finish line to 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 race to the bridge, and of course, Ricky wins. He mm. has his bike. Everything's good, and they're standing on the bridge. Just Mike is like, "Oh man, I almost had you." Ricky is like, "Nah, not with old Red over here. We got it. We're gonna be best friends forever. I can't wait till we grow old." <laughs> and and talk about our lives and, <laughs> and it's when the the directors of Are You Afraid of the Dark have to let us know that the the bridge is a wooden bridge and is like it's hanging by like gum mm-hmm. a loose nail and like and, like tape not not duct tape like regular scotch tape you you get the board is like literally flying off before the accident even happens, it's like wiggling. Like and if you Rick, can tell. If Ricky sneezed, that they would have come off. Mm-hmm. But of course, racing with your bikes gets exhausting. And as R- Ricky's holding on to that board, yeah, we know where this is going. He's mm-hmm. holding, holding on to that board uh, to kind of catch his breath. As they're t- as they're talking, they're talking about the fishing seasons coming soon. Um, you know, they're excited every year around this time when the fish uh, start coming out to play is when they come in and, you know, fish and see who can catch the better fish. So far, unrelatable stuff for me. But you know what? This must be resonating with somebody. <laughs> Some outdoors types. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never did enough fishing. fishing. And by enough, I mean like zero. I've done zero fishing. <laughs> I've done zero as well. But we, you know, maybe we'll love it. Yeah, you know, yeah. should try it one day let's ride our bikes and yeah <laughs> just go fishing down to dead ricky lane and we'll go fishing <laughs> okay dead ricky lane. i can't get over that one so ricky is standing on the bridge mm-hmm. the wood gives out on the railing 
the railing is a wood, gives out, and Ricky's shiny red bicycle goes in to the f- uh, whooshing water that's being that's flooding the river. Ricky's like, "Oh no, my bike! I don't want to live without my bike!" And he jumps it. <laughs> I, I wish it was like that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> he, his his bike fell off, which means he was connected to the bike because he was on it, <laughs> and he he fell too. But Mike was able to grab him just in time. Unfortunately, Yay. Ricky just tells him, "Like, dude, it's not it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry." You're not gonna lift me up, and he's like, "No, I can, I can lift you up. Just we gotta try. We gotta do this." And he's like, "My hand is slipping. The, the moisture from the the, the flooding waters is is hitting us, and it's not making this easy." And Mike tries his best, but he ends up getting like hold of the backpack, and the backpack slips from Ricky's fingers, and Ricky I don't know. falls into the river. And we see a grown, uh, uh, not a grown, but a, an older Mike scream in the middle of the night, screaming Ricky. And he's a teenager now. It's Mike Buckley. dark. Yeah. This, this kid died, <laughs> presumably drowned, are right you, before his eyes. Are You Afraid of the Dark is not, does not hold back, does not pull punches. It's just death, right? killed off a kid i mean this isn't some wacky game show aliens in a (laughs) random apartment this isn't you know a a creepy ghost in a house that wants to show you like his weird rooms or whatever that's what i'm used to seeing in are you afraid of the dark (laughs) i'm not used to seeing some kid drown (laughs) and then we move on like it's nothing (laughs) he falls we get the no and then we get mike going ricky and then he wakes up even even Zebo didn't have this much death. For real. Zebo didn't have any death. Unless I know. It, he, did, he was just a weirdo. A lesson was learned in that one. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't get any less. Like, this is real shit. And so. It's Mike, dramatic. Mike wakes up. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's, he, had, he just had a nightmare. And he's in the. He's sharing a room. He doesn't have his own room. Him and his brother share a room. On a, they get they took like bunk beds and they split it into two separate beds on the floor. A la, I love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Mike's younger brother Ben asks him if he's okay. Mike is like breathing hard. He's sweating, and Ben is like, "Oh, did you have another nightmare?" So this is not the first time. Yeah, and Mike. Is like, it's fine. Don't worry. And Ben is like, honest, honest, that you're fine. And he's like, yeah, honest. And they go back to bed. Wow. <laughs> These are the two kind of brothers who have like a, we're best friends kind of relationship. These are not the type of siblings that fight. Yeah. This doesn't happen with them. So I don't know if you can relate to that. <laughs> Not at those ages. When mm. my older brother at that age, no. Like <laughs> nah. I mean, if I came in and I was like, "Hey, you, uh, you good? You had a nightmare?" And he'd be like, "Nah, no, don't worry about it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll make up. We'll, it'll be nice and sweet. No, for that night. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, 
younger siblings gotta be younger siblings gotta be sneaky crafty little devilish mm. and older siblings are wise to all that shit so not this relationship though Ben and Mike seem to be really like best friends and you know yeah. it, it, that's pretty awesome for two dudes living in the same room yeah, you'd think they'd be at each other's throats. That's what I was thinking. But I'm like, no, I guess not. They just have a really great relationship. He cares about him and vice versa. I, would, I mean, um, one would assume that Ricky's death kind of, you know. not Brought mellow, him closer. Yeah, brought him closer. Like, he, he doesn't take that shit for granted. That's true. So, so it's the next morning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we got introduced to the two best parents in the world. Uh Oh my god. Mike and Ben. What are their dad. names? Mike and Ben's dad. <laughs> uh, Mr. Buckley and yeah. Mrs. Buckley. Leonard and Ruth Buckley. Let me tell you something about Leonard Buckley, bro. <laughs> this <laughs> this man, he he doesn't know how to relax. He clearly grew up in this like godforsaken town that doesn't <laughs> spare anybody's emotions. He's Talking to Ben, and Ben's, like, expressing how much Ricky's death has affected him and how he's having these nightmares and stuff like that. And Leonard Buckley's just like, yeah, well, it's probably because you blame yourself for Ricky's death. That's probably why you're having these dreams, bro. Like, not bro. He wouldn't call his son bro. He's like, boy, you should not be thinking about that about how the fact that Ricky died with you next to him happened. All right? Don't think about it. Get over it. And Ben's like, Jesus, Dad. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lot of stuff to throw at me. And that's essentially what he said. Like, Jumbie's making I'm not a even. I'm not even exaggerating that much. <laughs> the tone was kind of like, look, it happened a long time ago. You blame yourself for his death, but you need to move on. It's the advice is sound. Yeah, the, the, the advice is sound. <laughs> <laughs> the advice is good, but the delivery, you know, that could be better. It, I guess they're trying to present it as like, yo, get over, like you've been, the it happened five years ago and you haven't shut up about it for five years. But like, the th- therapy what, is a thing. <laughs> I don't think Leonard Buckley believes in therapy. He believes in getting over it. That's what he believes. Yeah. He strikes me as the type of guy where it's like, you want to tell him your problem? And all he wants to do is tell you a solution. So, like, you never really get to let it out. He's just like, well, you know what you should do. You should move on. (laughs) You're sad? Well, don't do that. All right. But for sure, it's definitely happened a lot more recently. Um, Mm. And Mike opens up, right? He's like, I was there. I had him in my hand. I had the chance. And I just, he always feels like he could do more. He could have done more, you know? When he, it's it's survivor's guilt, right? He yeah. he has he replays this over and over in his head, and he always you always find little solutions. But the truth is, in that moment, in that time, it's hard to to come up with those things, and you just kind of do your best, hope for the best, pray for the best, and unfortunately, then you know Ricky passed, Ricky died in that moment, but he shouldn't blame himself for this. Cause mm-hmm. he tried, but Mike right now can't can't get past that, and yeah. their mom. Dad, 
Also. Well, we should talk about Ruth. You're right. We should talk about Ruth because she's being overshadowed <laughs> by Leonard's big personality. I just wanted to say that um, he seems really frustrated that his son is having these nightmares and is still upset about this, obviously. And his son's even like, I can't make these nightmares go away. Like, it's not my fault. And he's still like, I know, but God, get over it. <laughs> can't stress enough his attitude. <laughs> what about Ruth? Ruth was pretty much painted the picture like, like yeah, like Ricky was your best friend to the point where he was like our son too, you know. Mm. Uh, and that's when good old Leonard was like, "Stop blaming yourself for Ricky's death. If you do, nightmares will go away." Eh, he's kind of right, <laughs> and by kind I mean not. So, and Ben chimes in. Ben's the one who told everybody that he. Uh, he was looking. He uh, he would look tired because he was having the nightmares. That's when that conversation sprung up, and then when when Leonard was like, "Oh yeah, stop blaming yourself for Ricky's death. The nightmares will go in, go away." Ben was like, "Yeah," and Ruth and Leonard were like, "Hey, stay out of this!" <laughs> like at the same time, it's supposed to be comical. Uh, mm. Too real for me to be comical. <laughs> <laughs> so. Mike's at school now, um, and as he's walking with his friend, he's still talking about Ricky with his friend, the the unnamed friend. <laughs> it's, it's he has to let it out to somebody. Somebody he can't tell his parents; they won't listen. Yeah, and they were telling him like, "Dude, you tried, you know, um, you you tried, uh, to do it. You got like, you're you're driving yourself crazy. Like a little more sound advice, with a little more care and passion." Same advice that Leonard was giving out. Um, mm -hmm. And they heard him out first and then <laughs> talked. So uh, as they were talking, Mike looks over at the bike racks at school. And mm -hmm. he can see Ricky's red bicycle. Shiny red bicycle. Sorry. And he just, like, PTSD starts kicking in. Um, and he starts hearing uh, Ricky's voice. He starts hearing himself say, hold on, Ricky. And his friend has to like, like, snap him out of my like, hey, you okay? You're staring at the bike, and then, and then when Mike looks back, it's just like a normal black bicycle. It's not even red. Mm -hmm. Some other person's bike. Yeah, and then when his he was about to mention it to his friend, but he decided to drop it. Um, and they just go to class. Mm -hmm. As they're in class, their teacher history Ms. class history, yeah. Mrs. Westwood history class. She is discussing JFK and his need to put pe uh, people on the moon in his presidency. The first people ever. And this was the the space race of the. And just like that, the episode gets political. <laughs> America. She's discussing. The divisive topic of the moon landing and whether it happened or not. Hmm. <laughs> Back then it wasn't really that yeah, as no. big of a conspiracy as it is now. But I did think it's, about that. It's still not big. It's just we let them talk for some reason now. <laughs> oh. Like in my head, while well, she was, she was like, "Oh," and then we, and then we won the space race with, uh, you know, the trifecta, uh, Buzz Aldrin and 
all the other people. <laughs> yeah, you don't know the other people. It's just Buzz Aldrin. We only know Buzz. <laughs> and and she's like, "Yeah, we did it." And I was like, "Yeah, if you really believe that." <laughs> <laughs> but you stooge! How could you believe that? Sheep bat. <laughs> That's what I hear when you're teaching, teach. So, Man, that's what teachers have to deal with, right? They just get all these conspiracy theories (laughs) that they'll be like, "Ah, no, it's not true. You can believe whatever you want. I don't care what your parents say. (laughs) And then they get the call from the parent. But you can't tell me that they landed on the moon when we didn't have the technology back then. And why haven't we been to the moon since? They have to hear all that shit again. And I, I wasn't trying to do any kind of accent if you heard an accent. I promise. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't. <laughs> I promise. He was trying to do Canadian. <laughs> he did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> about, they, they didn't land on the moon. <laughs> I don't know what all this is about. Boot. Boot. Any Canadians out there? Well, you don't know sorry. if we're Canadians. You don't know that. Any other Canadians out there? Sorry, <laughs> that's true. We're sorry. Um, so JFK, Apollo Eleven, first man on the moon, Buzz Aldrin, and they didn't say Buzz Aldrin's name. They said the other two, and I still don't remember it. And you know what? I think I think they said Buzz Aldrin. Did they? I feel like they. I feel like they didn't. Who were the three people? It was nineteen sixty nine. Nice. It was Buzz Aldrin. Oh, man. And the first friends. question. The, I googled it, and the first question is, "How did Apollo Eleven get back to Earth with no fuel?" That sounds like like a nine eleven conspiracy. <laughs> like, yeah, gravitational field. Nah. All right, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, and Michael Collins. Yes, so they did say Buzz Aldrin. I I completely fucked that up, and I kept saying Buzz Aldrin. Neil Armstrong mm. is the guy. Come on. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin. The inspiration for Buzz Lightyear. Get out of my face. You guys don't think he's the most important one. So. Neil Armstrong. Ooh, he stepped first. Who cares? He was fodder. All right. They sent him first. So while this is happening. um, Kidding. Yep. Mike is just staring outside the window. Something like daydreaming. Not even like he sees something. He's just. He's just in his head a lot. That 10 mile stare. Uh, Mrs. Westwood has to be like, all right, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike. Everybody like, uh, like everybody's like, one of his friend is like, kind of tapping him. He's like, oh what? And he's like, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was paying attention. And she's like, oh, okay, if you were paying attention, tell us, tell me what I was talking about, because clearly Rip and Jumpy weren't paying attention. So you answer for everybody. And then he's like, I was, uh, I was like praying that his friend would be savvy enough to be like, <laughs> like he would. He, I wish he said something. Yeah. He didn't say anything. I'm strong. Neil. So, unfortunately, he said, uh, I, uh, and then she's like, I'm sorry. We're covering I, uh, next semester. And everybody laughs. Mm-hmm. Because then, he has a stutter. <laughs> so she comes over. Was and you know, meets him eye to eye, tells him like, "Hey, look, my in-laws are here this week. 
So in real person, can you please cut me some slack and pay attention and not be super distracted? I'd appreciate it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sorry. He's like, damn, teach, okay. And it's at this point that he tries to pay attention, but he keeps hearing the words, Mike, 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 check, one, two, Mike, Buckley. (laughs) And that's when he noticed someone, a figure, a ghostly figure at the classroom door. And it's the ghost of Ricky Haggerty. And he the is boy who died. He is soaked. He looks cold. He has bags under his eyes. Like something straight out of like yeah. <laughs> something like yeah, straight out of death. <clears throat> something straight out of the show. <laughs> and mm. yeah. You know, I'm gonna give this credit because he did look like a ghost that, that drowned. Yeah. I have a lot of references for that. He looks exactly like a ghost at drum. And and Ricky walks in and starts like, Mike, Mike. And, and Mike freaks out. He's like, yo, does nobody see Ricky coming trying to like hug me? It's Ricky. He's right there. He's it's right Ricky. there. And he backs up and he goes toward the window. And yeah, he backs up. Makes a big scene. Yeah. And he starts, you could see like the cameras like fading to like let you know that. Um, he's passing out yeah he's too much in shock and everybody of course rushes over to like you know see if he's okay and like are you okay mike are you okay and then we cut to the next scene where he's at the school nurse it's actually very dramatic he's he's having these episodes about his dead friend (laughs) and he's not really getting too much support (laughs) or seeing anybody about it you know, dude, like the '90s weren't that great when it comes to feelings, Sad. especially when it comes to men. Like, <laughs> it's with teenagers, dude. Like, they have a lot of shit to unpack, but they teach you to shove that has shit he, down. Has he tried sucking it up? Has <laughs> he... Dude, just move on. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, get over it. <laughs> get over it. Keep all the feelings right here in your chest, and then. Keep it there. Dude, no one wants to deal with you if you just keep talking about your dead friend. All right? Okay, that's like... That's the attitude of this town. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what we're hearing. <laughs> and he's at the school nurse, so we think the school nurse is going to be... You know. She is the school nurse slash psychologist slash whatever <laughs> she needs to be in the moment because <laughs> she's talking to him and answer, asking some good questions, at least. Like, oh, who's Ricky? Is that one of your friends that you got into a fight with? Um, he's like, no, he was just a friend. And then she's like, no, nah, okay, but you were shouting the name, it's Ricky, it's Ricky. And you you passed out. I think it's important. Like, who is Ricky? And You said was. I assume you guys were fighting because yeah. he's not your friend anymore. And then he's like, no, I said was because Ricky's dead. He drowned. And she's like, oh, my God, you're talking about that Haggerty boy that died <laughs> over on Dead Ricky Lane. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, yeah, but that's the one. Thanks. Everyone keeps reminding me. Uh, you know, you say that. And I just feel like like Mike and Ricky as kids, they're like, oh, we're going to race. But let's ra- race to Dead Ricky Lane. Like, Why do they <laughs> call like it? Weird name. <laughs> Why do they call it Dead Ricky Lane? <laughs> This so, medium named it. 
So Mike, uh, the nurse gives Mike an, uh, an ice pack and, um, and she tells him not to, not to take the pressure off. And she talks to him like, oh, it seems like you're having a hard time dealing with Ricky's death. And he's like, yeah, every now and then I have nightmares of, about the death. And in my dreams, I'm always trying to save his life. Like he's really pouring it out there, you know? He's always Somebody's trying to counsel him. <laughs> He's always trying to save his life, but he can't. And, and that he keeps dreaming and he's hoping that one day he can finally like save his life. And the nurse is like, Yeah, but you understand that if you save his life in the dream, it doesn't mean you're gonna bring him back. Still dead. Yeah, he's still dead. <laughs> and and then he's like, dude, that's the thing. They never found his body. Like, he never got that closure. Yeah. There, there was no f- open casket funeral or anything. It was just like... He, and when she when he says that, she's like, excuse me? Do you think he's alive? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm just... No, that's crazy, right? I'm, I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm just tired. So... But he's like, I can't tell you that he's gone because... I can't say that he's gone because I saw him. And she's like, oh, what do you mean you saw him? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, forget it. Like, I'm not feeling well. And she's like, look, I'm going to give you the pass to go home early today. Um, and she's like, you're probably having just dreams because of stress and lack of sleep. Which, it, she's half right. It's the other way around. <laughs> he has stress and lack of sleep because of these dreams. It's not like a uh, damn if you do, damn if you don't moment. It's He's having these dreams and it's really stressing him out and it's causing that lack of sleep. And to prove, like, to hammer that point in, he hears Ricky calling again, Mike, Mike. And Mike looks outside and he sees Ricky standing with his, with his bicycle. And he vanished and the bicycle's there and then the bicycle kind of vanishes. And she, um, he, uh, he's like, look, look, I see it. <laughs> Ricky, he's outside. But when he turns around, he sees Ricky sitting down on the, on the nurse's chair and he freaks out. And, um, and then she, like, he looks again, it's the nurse and she's like, are you okay? And he's just like shook again. Yeah, Ricky, I'm fine. <laughs> so we cut to the dad he picked him up he took him to the doctor and the doctor said uh rest rest and relax all weekend he didn't take him to the psychiatrist he took him to the general doctor in town and guess what it's the first day of the fishing season coming soon so it's almost like it's like the five-year anniversary of ricky's death because they were having this conversation uh, before Ricky passed, um, five year anniversary. Like yeah. I feel like the town celebrates. <laughs> it's just today's dead Ricky day. <laughs> Everybody, get your bikes up. We're gonna meet in town square, and we're gonna meet on the bridge that we fixed. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he would wanted. He he would have wanted us to celebrate it. No, no, let's mm-hmm. not be sad. Come on, guys, let's race. 
So, so Mike is sad. He's going to miss the first day of he fishing season. And he's never missed the first day of uh, the fishing season before. Even when, um, even that day, like, he, he still, still went, went fishing after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's that moment he sees somebody riding a shiny red bicycle, uh, wearing a gray hooded sweater and blue jeans, just like what Ricky used to wear. And mm. Mike's just like, yo, stop the car. You see that? Follow that. And his dad's like, no, come on, man. Like, you know, it's not Ricky. He's like, no, come on. It's like, they're, they're going down this lane. <laughs> let's like, let's follow him. Which, la- which lane was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was Ted Ricky lane. <laughs> Rick, Ricky's not alive. Boulevard. Um, <laughs> Every street corner has been renamed. Yeah. So, so they get, so they follow. So the dad humors him. They go, they go after this, uh, what seems to be Ricky on the bike. But as soon as this car stopped, the bike is stopped. And Mike gets out the car, puts his hand on the shoulder, and the person in the hooded sweater turns out to be a young girl. And she was dressing up for the anniversary. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. god. I can't. I need you guys to match the town's energy, all right? I'm on board. Yes. <laughs> she dressed up as Ricky for the anniversary and <laughs> and that's when Mike um, Mike's dad was like, "You see, was that Ricky? No, he's no. dead. Now let's get you home." <laughs> and she's like, "That's a spirit." <laughs> she rode off. So, uh, so when they got home, Mike's in bed. Um, he's got the his his mom is there comforting him. Everybody's there. Ben, mm-hmm. Mike, Ruth, and Leonard. Ruth is taking his temperature. Um, Leonard's like, what are you prodding the boy for? He's fine. <laughs> he just needs rest. He's not sick. He's got mm-hmm. 99.6 is his temperature. I knew something was wrong. And then Leonard's like, all right, cool. When he gets 100, we'll sell him. Or some shit like yeah. that. And Ben is like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> and... Mikey's like, I do get it. It wasn't that funny though. It's a, it's a stock joke. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. So, um, the parents go out to go get a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they tell Ben to come with them. Uh, Ben's like, Nah, I'll stay behind. I want to hang out with. Uh, I want to hang out with Mike. And they're like, No, Mike. Mike needs his rest. They like, No, but just a little bit, just for a little bit. They're like, Okay. All right, but the moment he starts nodding off, you leave him to his thoughts alone, okay? And then he's, he's like, for sure. So Ben and Mike have a real conversation, a real heart-to-heart. Um, ben is kind of sad that Mike has is not going, to the, going fishing on the first day of the fishing season. Mike obviously is upset too. He's been doing that since he was 10. And then he's been doing that with Ricky and all that stuff. And, you know. Um, ben will be with his friends, just like Ricky was there 
with him during those days. Um, and then Ben asks, like, hey, did you really see Ricky? Mike says, yeah, I did, but I'm two sandwiches short of a picnic is what everybody thinks. You know, no one believes me. Ben says, no, nah, I believe you. Like, I've never seen you this way. Like, something's real. Something's like, I've never seen you act this way before. So definitely, I believe you. So Mike is appreciative. And he's like, you know what? Look, it's not like I'm actually sick. I just, I just need rest. But that morning, wake me up and I'll, uh, wake me up and I'll go with you. And Ben's excited. He's like, yeah, all right, that's awesome. So Mike has his plans. Uh, he's going to wake up and still go on that first day with uh, with Ben. So it'll be awesome. But that night, Mike has another nightmare involving Ricky. Um, Ricky walks into the door and Ben's like, no, Mike's like, is Ben, is that you? But we cl- clearly see Ben sleeping. Um, and Ricky just keeps saying, Mike, Mike, Mike. Ricky walks closer with his arms wingspanned out. They're spread out like he's going to hug him. And But Mike wakes up terrified before Ricky can touch him. Although he does feel his chest like like he did touch him. He's scared. Yeah. And we know he's not he's not getting sleep that night. So next morning mm-hmm. Ben is slowly sneaking up the stairwell the stairs. And he's going to go keep his promise to to Mike that he's gonna wake him up and they were gonna go. But their parents haven't left yet to the groceries that was the plan mm. but he got he got blindsided plans done and he's like um leonard's like hey what are you doing up here You're not trying to wake up your brother he's like no no i just um uh forgot my come on come on come on what is it what can i tackle box yeah that's what it was yeah tackle box <laughs> and then um it's like Oh doofus! You left it downstairs in the garage. Do you want to? Do you want us to give you give you a ride? Come on, let's go. <laughs> and he's like, "Nah, I can walk." And he's like, "No, <laughs> it's super far. Why don't you just let us drive you there and then leave you unsupervised <laughs> with your friends, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> right nearby where that boy died. Remember Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> My God, <laughs> remember when Ricky died? Uh, <laughs> right near where I'm gonna drop you off. All right, bye. I mean, like, <laughs> and he waves to the guy who's like opening up the water. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy's just like asleep, can't even wave back. <laughs> so, so there you go. Ben's gone. He couldn't wake up uh, Mike, and he tried. He was throwing mm-hmm. rocks at the window. Uh, Mike is knocked out. KTFO. He. As he should be, if he hasn't been sleeping much. And this is like the first real sleep he has. And Mm -hmm. right when Ben was about to throw the last rock, his dad pulls up. He's like, yo, get in the car. He's like, all right. He reluctantly gets in, and he's gone. Mm. And at this point, we hear 
Mike, Mike. And Mike wakes up. He looks out and it's Ricky. And Mike's like, yeah, you outside, bro? This is how we going to do this? He's like, it's Ricky. Come out. Come out. And he's like, all right. Yeah, I'm going to come out. Come on, we're going to sell this right now. He grabs his jeans. He grabs a sweater. Oh, sorry, his jacket. And he uh, doesn't brush his teeth because that's how serious he is. And he mm. goes down. Um, it's at this point. Their dad, Leonard, drops Ben off at the lake where Ben meets up his two friends. And one of them was like, hey, isn't that, <laughs> as they're walking to the spot to fish, one of them was like, hey, isn't that where Ricky died? Uh, isn't that your brother's old dead friend? <laughs> and Ben is like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm ha- had enough about talking about Ricky, you know? All right. You know he died there. I know, Everyone in town knows. <laughs> Stop pretending you don't know. Um, We see that there's a danger sign on the bridge mm-hmm. so you know be careful whatever they also oh. see that they put up a fence where ricky fell yeah they put up a fence so he, yeah so he can't come back <laughs> he can't go back <laughs> he stays in there jumpy was saying that they like put up the fence as ricky was falling <laughs> <laughs> no 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 he's staying there ricky it's the most exciting thing i have in this town for a millennia <laughs> so we get the confrontation. Mike is outside, and he's mm-hmm. talking to, um, he's talking to Ricky. Ricky's not there, but he calls him out. He's like, Ricky, come on, where you at? Come on, you wanted me outside. I'm outside. And then Ricky shows up, and he's holding his bike, and Mike, uh, Mike kind of has like a, like he, he moves back, and um, he's like, what do you want? And he like grabs him to like like hey what do you want? Like put to put his hand on him. And he touches Ricky and Ricky's freezing cold. And he's like, Why are you why are you cold? <laughs> and then Ricky's like, I can't believe I have to tell you this. <laughs> but I'm dead. <laughs> like, you... and, like everyone has told you. <laughs> you didn't get my hint? Like I was mm-hmm. fucking... like I, you didn't think it was weird that I didn't age? And you clearly mm-hmm. fucking aged. So, <laughs> so we're back at the lake, and mm-hmm. Ben accidentally knocks over one of his uh, friends' drink, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm sorry. It was an accident." And the <laughs> the friend is like, "It was an accident." And he grabs his like lure and throws it into the river, the spot where Ricky died. <laughs> exactly. His <laughs> friends. <laughs> His friend's like, go get it. And he doesn't look back. He doesn't care. <laughs> and I can't even really call this kid his friend. <laughs> it's like some dude who go, he goes fishing with that clearly yeah. needs, like, if there was any indication, any more indication that this town needs a therapist, it was that kid. Yeah, he has some anger problems. Yeah. I tell you, he wouldn't act that way if Mike was around yeah, let me tell to you. beat him up. So the Ben was like, why'd you do that? And he's like, it's an accident. So Ben's like, all right. So he goes to go get the lure. And then we're back. Mike is talking to Ricky. He's like, dude, I'm sorry. Okay, I tried my best. I tried saving you. I couldn't. 
um so whatever you want to do to me just do to me okay i understand like just get your revenge or whatever you're here for and he's like dude man this this was a strong fucking scene like mind you i've been crying i was crying like in the beginning of the episode but like this is where like the tears came back Mm -hmm. ricky was like dude I i would never hurt you you're my best friend i didn't come here to harm you i came to warn you something terrible is about to happen and mike's like oh you came to fucking warn me you've been harassing me for weeks what what is so important that you have to warn me he's like it's your brother ben he's going to die uh and mike's like what like ben how's what's gonna happen he's like ricky says he's in danger he's at this i tried to warn you at school but every like you know that situation was weird so he waited till now um i also tried to take over the body of your <laughs> of your school doctor remember that that was crazy and and he's like uh, ben is at the same spot that i was where i fell off um so go go to that bridge and we cut to um ben who's climbing down near the waterfall to get the wool his wool, uh, lure and his foot gets stuck between two rocks because he's wearing like rain boots, right? Because when you go fishing, you wear like fishing boots, rain boots, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he gets his foot gets caught, and it's in such a way where he can't just pull out his foot. Um, and it's at this point that we see the guy, um, who works at the no, no, not yet. We didn't see this part yet. He just he's just stuck. Right, and he cut to we cut to Ricky and Mike. Ricky tells him he's at the bridge. You can't get there on foot, but I have my. You can have my shiny red bicycle, and Mike says thank you. And then they have a small heart to heart moment because Ben's life is not in danger yet. So, but you know, don't take that joke as like me trying to underplay the scene because it was really nice Mike turns around tells Ricky that he misses him and Ricky tells him that he misses him too and he's like hurry up because we're not ready for Ben yet so Mike just pedals his heart out we cut to Ben he's calling for help <laughs> the friends kind of look back <laughs> and just keep fishing oh yeah <laughs> uh they probably can't hear him, but whatever. Um, Mike rides. He's like he's gunning it to the lake, and as he gets there, the same employee that killed Ricky is opening up the dam again, and <laughs> turning the gears and everything. Uh, and I feel like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Mike, they they shot the scene perfect enough where Mike flew by, and then the guy came over to open up the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Ben, uh, Ricky's warning about Ben wasn't really specific, so I can forgive all of that. Where it's like he could have just talked to the guy, like, "Hey, don't open up the fucking dam." All I can imagine that Mikey doesn't know how the the whole thing works. Yeah. Um, but it's the same guy. <laughs> There's no oversight committee in this town. 
Like, he's like, the same guy that killed Ricky. He's the same guy who almost or may seemingly kill this little boy, Ben. So Mike is hollering it. Um the water's out. It's going straight for it's going straight for Ben. Mike runs down, climbs into the river, but he kinda like hesitates because all he can hear as soon as he got there was the Ricky no Ricky in his head and he just kind of just muscles through it he's like for Ben he goes down the river um he he helps Ben he starts pulling out his boot he starts moving all the other rocks out of the way and he picks up his brother and they go um and then as soon as we get there uh, as soon as like they get out the the floodgates, the water just rushes through. So that would have definitely hit them both. And um they're safe. They're fine. As soon as they get to a safe high ground, Ben is complaining about his foot. Mike goes to check and he and he sees that Ben's foot is sprained or broken. Ben's ankle, sorry, is either sprained or broken. And even if, so it's kind of like, even if Ben could get out of that situation, like because of his broken ankle, you know, time is of the essence and he probably wouldn't have made it. Uh, so they're, they're relieved. They're safe. Um, Mike puts his jacket around Ben. They hug. He's like, okay, man, you just a sprain. You're all good. We just got to go take you to the doctor and you're going to be fine. Of course, Ben doesn't know the information that Mike has that he was, you know. But Ben does realize that that water was coming for him. And Mike saved him in the nick of time. So, of course, that very emotional, <laughs> very loving embrace between two brothers. Um, and as Mike, you know, Ben makes a comment like, oh, you came just in time, whatever. Mike turns around and we see where Mike dropped Ricky's shiny red bicycle is not there. We see a rusted, broken bicycle. Every like it, it looked like it went through war and was like it, you know, it like somebody tried to drown this bicycle. And yeah, that's it. Bike, the shiny red bicycle is not there anymore. This is the rusted bike. And we cut back to David, who was telling us this wonderful story. And he gives us the epilogue. The very next day, a fisherman found the remains of Ricky Haggerty. No one could ever figure out why it took so many years to find them. Mike Buckley would tell you because he wasn't even down there. Not until he can pay back an old favor to the one f who tried to save his life. That's it. Everyone looks around, smiling, nodding agree. That was a great story. Gary picks up the bucket of water, pours it onto the fire, and declares their meeting officially closed. And we don't get the usual music. We get like a nice, soft closing music to end the episode. And we just watch everybody walk away into the forest.
the end. Sad. Yeah. Really somber story. Yeah. This this was really good. Like of all the David sh- I know David's stories try to like tug at the heartstrings. This was This one worked. This, yeah. This, this one was pure drama throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um Yeah. There was no like silly acting or anything that really other than other than the dad, I guess. But like even he was realistic. So I was more just outraged for the character. Everybody did their part well. It just felt like a drama yeah. that you would see in any other show. Yeah. Not as much levity as I was used <laughs> to. Just came out of freaking nowhere, dude. Like from the get go. Smacked you in the face with it. Like, Be sad. Bam. Like he's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's like, oh, there's the shiny red bicycle. What's going to happen? No, Ricky, no. You're like, oh, fuck. And they <laughs> cut to him as a teenager. Fuck. <laughs> okay. This is a real fucking story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we joked a lot about uh, how the parents and everybody else kind of did a poor job of listening to to Mike because rightfully so they did a poor job (laughs) of being there for mike mike was really crying out for help and he was haunted by his yeah he was haunted by his past and you know we got that closure that he he finally got that closure with uh ricky and all this time Mm -hmm. he thought he uh like either ricky hated him or like he was just feeling guilty because he couldn't save Ricky. And mm. Ricky was the one who told him, like, dude, you tried. It's not your fault. And yet he was even able to reconnect with Ricky because Ricky saved his saved his brother's life. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a big deal for him forever. No one's going to believe him except for his brother. Yeah. And that little detail, man, of, like, they never found his body. Until a day after that event. Yeah. That's scary shit, dude. Like Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Mike never got that closure. Mike never got that uh see his friend in a casket. Or you know what we never did see again is um we never saw his friends again. Yeah. His friends went home. <laughs> like Ben's friends. They they did not stay to see what happened. <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, you know, you almost killed my brother. Yeah, I almost killed my brother. Look at you. <laughs> Throws his tackle. <laughs> Fuck those friends, dude. <laughs> uh, I loved it, man. It was a good story. I thought it was a really good episode, yeah. Yeah. Strong story by David. Yeah. One of the strongest ones we've seen so far. Yeah. And we're getting near the end. And they're like, this was episode 10. There's three more. And. Damn. We don't, <laughs> we don't know. We know that he doesn't come back in season three. We don't know that when his last story is. We know Kristen's done. We don't know about David. Yeah. He could just shoot one more that just freaking throws us over the edge and we just start bawling on this podcast. If he didn't, this is a good story to end out on. <laughs> and it but did it's happen. Sad, sad to think that we're not going to see these two again. I mean... <laughs> Um, I wonder if they had a spinoff. <laughs> Kristen and David. Kristen and David start their old midnight society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna, it's the noon society. And we tell our stories yeah. in the day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the scariest time of day, <laughs> noon. This this had the tale of the lonely ghost vibes. It did, it did have that, but this was scarier or more haunting yeah. than the lonely ghost. Yeah, definitely. But it had that like he, sad pull at the heartstring story. It did. Like, I would say this this one is definitely better. <laughs> I think so. This was executed better. Um. The emotional connection was a lot deeper. Like they really made you feel it yeah. by showing you his death. Yeah. Shit, dude. It wasn't like an off-screen thing. It's not like uh, Mike woke up and he looked at a picture of Ricky and then they talk about it the next day. It was like you know we're gonna we're gonna put you through this. <laughs> You're gonna have to. And they don't even give you a warning on it. They just kind of throw you in there, like make you think it's the that's where the story is going. Like no, we're gonna kill this guy and it's gonna tra- traumatize the other guy. But, but Ruth, Ruth Buckley, is Aunt Dottie from the Tale of the Lonely Ghost. Ooh, yeah. connection. And her and Leonard Buckley are actually married in real life. So that's nice. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's acting And in uh... this show and not <laughs> that way in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But he did. He did play that. That uh, that frustrated. Because I feel like the notes were, like, you care about your son, but you're kind of you kind of want him to move on from this. And that's yeah. how he played it. You care about your son, but also you don't know about emotions. Go. <laughs> Another fun trivia: every bicycle in this scene, uh, was different. Every red bicycle we see is a different red bicycle. How many bikes did they break, man? There was total of five red bicycles. <sighs> Any remaining thoughts on this? Um, other than it was good, no. They executed it well. Town was weird, but um, yeah. I liked all the characters. It felt good. I wouldn't change a thing, even the dismissive nah. like. Um, oh, that added to the charm of it. Yeah, it was like you really see the guy struggling, and it's a good message of like, okay, this is not how you handle like somebody going through this. You know, like you like Jumbi said earlier, you let them talk their emotions, and you know, then you talk to them and give advice if they want it. <laughs> okay, you don't just shut them down. And be like, get over it. <laughs> yeah, not your fault, right? Yeah. So. All right, now it is time. After we gave you your thoughts, it's time. I will read the title of the next episode, and Jumby is going to predict who it is, who he thinks is gonna. Oh my god, Jumby's gonna predict who he thinks is gonna say the name. Uh, say say this episode, and then I'll say my theory, and we'll both pre- figure out what the story is. Okay. <sighs> you ready for this, Jumby? Yeah. The tale of the magician's assistant. <laughs> I wonder who could that be? Gary. Gary. 100%. Fucking my... finally, dude. He it's ass, Gary. It's Gary. His ass better do two, bro. Back to back. Mm-hmm. For okay. sure, Gary. Mm-hmm. Now, the tale of the magician's assistant. What are you thinking? 
I'm thinking this sounds like a lot of exactly like one other one we heard about. Oh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> carbon copy, same one, except it has a magician. Yeah, it's like the synonyms of each name. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Like it's the Sorcerer's Apprentice done again, but Gary's telling <laughs> it. Gary's like the, the guy who should have said it, right? Yeah. Nah. That's my. That's the only guess I could think of because that's all that's in my head. Uh, I a got tall, lanky boy practices <laughs> magic and summons a magical demon. And he may or may not wear glasses. Mm-hmm. And he has a cool friend who's way too into being his friend, despite all his actions. All right, I got one for you. I got a prediction for you. Not a prediction. Yes. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. For you to predict. Is okay. Sado in this episode? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two, one million percent. Two Sados in one season, but one Vink. Yeah. Okay. I think two Sado. I mean, if it truly is a Gary story, and he's talking about magicians, why is he not going to bring up Sado? I I agree. Hmm. He's like he turns to David. This is how you fucking use Sado. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. All right. Even though your last story was good. <laughs> Um, I don't think so. I think he isn't in this one, even though I regret saying it out loud. <laughs> I don't think he, I think we got right. one per season. I think they might've cut the guy a break, gave him two <laughs> gigs for this whole season. Cause if we do get a Sado in this episode, um, I will say, I will guess Frank and Dr. Vink in every every guess after that (laughs) (laughs) um my prediction is we get it's gonna be high school kid he yeah talent show he goes to Mm -hmm. do a magic trick and it actually works like he does a disappearing trick and he actually makes somebody disappear and he's trying to figure out how to figure that out which you know what Sado is like the perfect person to do this but mm-hmm. I'm thinking he learns this trick from a magician and the magician kind of fucks him for this that's my that's my prediction on this wow okay my prediction the thing you just described sounds like a Disney Channel original movie called Now You See It. So I don't know if you've done it on purpose, but that, that sounds exactly like that. <laughs> where it's like this kid who's like, I can do real magic. I don't know how to explain it. I just can't. That's why he's the best at magic. Mm-hmm. Um, My prediction is still just a carbon copy of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. There's a tall, lanky kid. He learns how to do magic from a weirdo, probably Sardo. And bad things happen. Bad mm-hmm. things ensue. Because he messes with forces better left undisturbed nice okay and sardu cannot help him <laughs> all, all right. right so we kind of have a differing we both believe it's gary but you think sado is going to be there i don't and mm-hmm. i think it's a talent show gone wrong and what was yours uh, Same? Apprenticeship gone wrong. Okay. Oh, you he think it's the wrong like, type of magic? They get it's like the wizard of the, the pinball wizard, where he just like 
pokes around where he shouldn't poke around. Ooh, I like it. That that sounds yeah. fucking Gary for sure. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. I could see you taking that one. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. With that being said, any last words, Jumby? Rest in peace, Ricky. Rest in peace, Ricky. All right. And that concludes another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out any other episodes we we may have concocted for you or any other content we may have provided. Give us a like, give us a follow, or whatever it is to show you that you love us, if you love us. Because you know what? You took the time to listen to us, and we love you. Have a merry, dead Ricky day. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs)